Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Sarah Phillips, who is a master sales coach. Sarah, how are you doing? I am fabulous. How about yourself, Timothy? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking. And we'd like to jump right in. So if you could start with telling us a little bit more about yourself and what you like to do for fun, that'd be great. Sure. Well, I am. Uh, I was born with sales in my blood. Um, I started my first business sales business when I was nine years old. Paid my way through college with that. Um, so uh, between that and an education and teaching, it just becoming a sales coach was very natural for me. As far as recreation goes, I love to travel. One of the reasons it took me so long to get on your show is because I have been on back-to-back cruises, and next week I'm going on another trip. So um, I love travel. I have literally been around the world. I love to read. I love board games. Um, and spending time, I have uh, one baby. He has four legs and fur, and I love spending time with him. I love it. I love it. And you said you've been selling since you were nine. Take us through that first business real quick. Yeah, well, my parents owned a grocery store. And when I was in elementary school, I realized that all the kids wanted candy and didn't have access to it. I had access to the candy. So I figured out very quickly that I brokered a deal with my mom and dad that I would buy candy at wholesale and take it to school and sell it at retail. And so I did that throughout my school career That and other things. As we got older, we wanted different things. So I, I just continued that process on and I paid my way through college with that. There we go. I love it. Paid your way through college. Was it still selling candy in college? Um, no, by the time I got to high school and I'm going to date myself really, really badly here because when I was in high school, teenagers were allowed to smoke. Um, we actually had a smoking patio on school grounds, which is weird. Now, when I think about it, I'm like, I I can't even imagine that. But, um, so when I got to high school, they all wanted cigarettes and they couldn't get them. And so by then I figured out that, hey, this is something that not, not only do they want, but they'll pay a good price for it. So I would buy cigarettes for like $4 a carton and I would sell them for $3 a pack. And I remember this guy saying to me, you can't charge me that much. I said, sure I can. You don't have to buy them. Yep. And so I understood at a very, very early age the, what supply and demand was, and that sales was just a matter of helping people meet their wants and needs. Mm. You know, it wasn't something that I was doing to them. It was a service that I was providing for them. And so, you know, I had a very different view on sales than most people do because most people are raised in an environment where you have scripts and this many closes and this many, you know, how to overcome objections and things like that. And that was just, it was never me. I just saw it for what it was. It was a gift that I was giving to them. And for that, I got compensated. Mm. I love that. I love that. I especially love that because it's easy to like 
think you're manipulating or trying to convince somebody when you first get into sales, but if you have something that they really want and really need, and it's just adding value to their life, then they're simply paying Absolutely. you for that value. So yeah. I love And it. they will get a whole lot out of more out of the deal than you ever will. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. There we go. Well, tell us a little bit more about your motivation in life. What gets you up and keeps you going every day? I love helping people, you know, having time from a life where when I was young, I was doing exactly what I wanted. And then as I got older, I was always in sales of some kind, um, other than the 13 years that I was teaching, which I was in sales then too, but it was a different kind of sales. Um, but a lot of that time I was making really good money, but it wasn't necessarily something that excited me or got me up in the morning. And when I started sales coaching, it changed everything for me because I was now getting to work in an area of my passion and my joy and how different life looked. And I thought, holy cow, there is a world full of people out there who would love to spend their time working in their areas of joy and love and passion. But no one's ever taught them how to sell that. They know how to do what they do. If you're a health coach, you know how to help people get healthy. But nobody ever taught you how to sell that package so that you didn't have the icky used car salesman feeling or the hi, I'm the Avon lady or I'm the Amway guy. You know, sales had come with so many different negative connotations that my motivation has really become my passion in life is to help other coaches and solopreneurs, especially to create the ability to work in their area of passion and joy by creating a consistent six figure plus income so that they get to enjoy the life that they really truly want to live. Because only when I only when I assist in that does the world get to be the place that it could be. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I completely agree. And I think um, a lot of people, I'll have this talk with people a lot about purpose and stuff, especially younger people. And they're like, well, I should be doing this or I should be doing that. And I'm like, what you should be doing <laughs> is being authentic to yourself and chasing the things that genuinely give you joy. Cause only then, Will you be working in a space where you can profoundly impact lives at scale? Which is something I think we all need to be striving for. Cause I think it's something we're all like called to impacting other people is what fulfills us. So. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And when we work in that area of passion, we carry that passion within us. We become better people because of it. And as a result, a direct result of the fact that I now live in passion and joy, every single person I touch is touched by that passion and joy. And it feeds on itself and it's going to create the world as it should be and not the, the life of drudgery. You know, I always tell people when they say, well, Sarah, how are you doing today? And I tell them, if I were any better, I would be twins. And that's the truth. Yeah. Because I'm always happy and positive. Does everything go my way? No. But you know what? I realize that life happens for me 
and not to me. And there are things out there that even though, and I've experienced this throughout my journey in life, things that at that moment seemed like a bad thing. And when I look back five years later, it was like the best possible thing that could ever have happened to me. So I've learned that life does happen for me. So even when I have things happen to me that aren't necessarily the greatest things, I'm always looking for the seed. Where, where's the growth seed for me? Where do I get out of this? Because obviously there's a gift in it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that perspective. And is that something that you developed or have you just been born like that and lived like that your whole life? I guess it was kind of a mix. Um, I've always had a really good positive outlook. But I was very blessed to live with a mother who started reading Zig Ziglar as I was growing up. So that helped. And it's funny that I would mention the Amway guy because they were also in Amway and I was in Amway when I was younger. Um, and it taught me so many wonderful lessons about how to view life and how to help other people. And then um, in addition to that, I have gone through um, some leadership courses that were just, in fact, in the last year that were just totally life altering experiences. So, yeah. So it's kind of a mix of part of it I was born with, part of it I was raised with, and part of it I went out and learned on my own. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And what I want to kind of uh, emphasize out of that is the fact that you had it and then you went to develop it with like, okay, so your parents raised you well. Some of us aren't as fortunate as that and didn't have parents that raised us well, but you can still develop it. Like once you're an adult, that extreme ownership concept is totally yours to take by the reins. And what I love is that you said you were born with it. I honestly think we were all born with it. Like I do too. Nobody really comes out the womb saying, ah, oh, the world sucks. This is horrible. <laughs> like, that is not what happens when you come out the womb. Like you're so curious about everything and then yeah. you get conditioned as you grow up. But so I just wanted to point that out real quick. Yeah, you are you are 100% correct in that. As children, we are full of wonder and joy and we allow the things around us to shade that a different color if we are not careful about what we put between our two ears, because this is the most valuable piece of real estate in the entire universe. And that's that six inches between your ears. Guard it with your life. Yeah, absolutely. And I loved that you said, for those of you who are maybe younger, you haven't watched or read a bunch of stuff about self-improvement, that what you put in between your ears is so key. Like that is a practical actionable step that you can take to start making your life better right now. Guard what you put in between your ears. And if it's not serving you and helping you get to where you want to be, you should probably get rid of it. So great advice. Awesome. Thanks for, thanks for sharing that, Sarah. And now we're going to jump into your dreams and goals. So tell us a little bit about your vision for your business and your life. My vision is to create a, uh, to create a world where people spend their life in freedom, real freedom. You know, we say all the time that Lincoln freed the slaves. Well, I propose to you today that if you have somebody who decides how much money you make, 
where you work, how often you get to go to work, what house you live in, what car you drive. We are all slaves. We are only free when we are financially free. And so my vision is to help the world become a place where people are truly free to become who it is that they were born to become. Like you said, not everybody had the blessings of having um, great parents. However, when we become an adult, we have to lose the victim mentality. One of the things that I hear most often is people blaming, well, it's because of my childhood. It's because of this, it's because of that. Up until you're 18 years old, okay, yeah, I can see when someone else has control of your life. But when you are a fully functioning adult, you are 100% responsible for everything that goes on in your life, everything. And when we grasp hold of that, that is the moment that we become free. Because when you realize that where I am, I created, now we realize that where I go from here, I create. Mm -hmm. And the world becomes full of possibilities. So Yes, I want to do that on a business level, but also just on a personal level, just talking to people and helping them to understand that you hold your own freedom within the palm of your hands, that you're so busy holding on that you cannot receive. Because when my fist is closed, holding on, there's no way for me to receive anything else. So to get rid of that scarcity mentality and understand that the universe is a giving place and that you can receive whatever it is you want. And the only way to do it is to be willing to let go of what you already have. So that's the world that I envision. I love that. I love that. You know, I was talking with my brother uh, earlier today, actually. He's a day trader. And He's really, he has really good technical skills. Like he's just great when it comes to the technical side of things. Like honestly, better than some professional traders that are like, that have platforms and stuff, you know? Um, but he's not profitable. Mm. And I was like, Theo, man, you want it too bad. Like you're holding on to it. And it's like, it's stopping you from getting it. <laughs> Which it's so funny. I'm glad that you just brought that up because now I'm going to have to clip this up and send it to him after this podcast. But um, yeah, I love that. I think it's so true. Well, the best visual that I can give you for that is, um, do you know that's how they catch monkeys in the jungle? They put a piece of food in the bottom of the jar that's just big enough for the monkey's hand to go into. The monkey reaches in, they attach the, the jar to a tree the monkey reaches in and grabs hold of whatever it is. But once his fist is closed, his hand is too big to come out of the jar. And he will literally give up his freedom to hold on to that little bit in the jar. They never just open it up and slide back out? Oh, my God. And how many times as humans do we do that? Oh, Every day, it seems How like. How many times do we hold on to this thing so tight that we choose to give up our freedom for it? Yeah. So yeah, so you, so so you can tell your brother that um, you know don't be like the monkeys in the jungle, let it go, and it will come to you. <laughs> that was such 
Okay. It's literally going to blow his mind when I send him this. <laughs> so, <thank you. laughs> I used to work for the Psychic Friends Network. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right. So on dreams and goals, we got create a world where people spend their life in freedom. Is there anything else that you want to talk about before we move on from dreams and goals? Um, just that there is so much more out there that we can have as humans. So many people I talk to live in a world of scarcity. They think there's just barely enough. When the world is a very abundant place, there is always more than enough. Always more than enough. If we can just let go of the idea, you know, we sit around thinking, I want to pay off all my bills. So what does your mind focus on? The fact that you're in debt is focused on the scarcity. Why not think about, I want to give a million dollars to charity. The same brain, but why limit yourself with your own thoughts? You know, so I just invite your listeners to stop and think about, you know, what is it that you're focused on? Because what, by the way, whatever you focus on, that's what you're going to get. You will move towards it subconsciously. And, you know, if you think about it, if you're driving down the road, both hands on the wheel and you turn and look to your left, when you look back at the road, what car, which direction is your car moving? Left. Going to the left because we will move towards what we're focused on. So just make sure that you're not focused on lack, but you're focused on abundance. What more can I have? What more can I do? What more can I give? What more can I share? Because the more you give, the more you're going to get every single time. You know, it's a law of the universe. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what everybody's higher power is, but, you know, my personal saying is you can't outgive God. You can't. Everything you give, he is going to give back to you tenfold. So stop doing this. Start doing this. Yeah, I love that. I love that. And so for, for those of us who've just been entrenched in scarcity thinking our whole life and can't even we like it's hard to even comprehend thinking abundant and then even when we try to we slip back into scarcity Mm -hmm. what would you say to us i would say to stop take about 15 to 20 minutes and write down it's what's called stream of consciousness writing write down all of your thoughts And then when you get finished, and this will tell you what level of abundance or negative or positive thinking that you're in, look down and see all the negatives that you see there, because anything negative is about scarcity. Hmm. Now take those same statements, rewrite them in a positive mindset. Consciously make the effort to say, I'm going to take this thought that was a negative that came out of me naturally. And I'm going to retrain my brain to think in a different way. So if you're thinking, if one of your thoughts is, you know, I'm afraid I won't be able to pay my bills this month. Then the alternative thought that you write down is, 
I'm so excited to have more than enough to meet all of my bills this month and have money left over to give away. And it will literally start changing the metaphysical connections in your brain. And you will literally learn to become a different type of thinker. Yeah, I love that stream of consciousness writing. Yep. There we go. There we go. You know, it's funny. Um, <laughs> when you're like not successful or when you're broke or when you're stuck in negativity or whatever it may be, and you're thinking about how to get to success or get to or get wherever you just you think it's really hard and you think it's just not for you and you think it's impossible you think all these things and then you you say something like stream of consciousness writing just write down everything and then make it positive it's like that is a very simple task yeah, that will change your life <laughs> yes yes it will you know as a matter of fact it's funny that you said that and i'm just, all i'm doing is reaching over right beside my computer to something that my my coach taught me and I wrote it down and I keep it on my computer every day. Can you read what that says by any chance? Just a little bit more. Success doesn't have to be hard. And I keep it beside me every day to remind myself that success doesn't have to be hard. It's only hard because we make it that way. Yeah. We, we are the ones in our own way. You know, one of the things that I do as a sales coach is I teach people how to get out of their own way, mm -hmm. how to, to, to realize this is where I block myself. Now, now this is how I move myself out of the way so that the focus becomes on what it should be on, which is the client. Because our biggest blockade in sales is guess what? Thinking about me. I got to make this sale. I got to pay this bill. I got to do this. I got to do this. I got to do this. And what happens when we do that is we have now made our listener a commodity. Okay. They are simply a transaction to us. And trust me when I say that people feel that. You can try and cover it up any way you like. They feel when it's transactional. And, you know, when you walk in the door, if I walked in the door today with you to make a sale and my focus was on making the sale, first of all, I've just made it all about me and nothing about you, which is completely reverse of what it should be. But second of all, I have now put us in an adversarial situation because we are now in a win-lose one of us is going to walk out the door with the money. Either you're going to keep it or I'm going to get it. But only one of us gets to win. How many times do you buy something from an adversary? Uh, you don't. I was like, I wouldn't. <laughs> no. But if I walk in the door with the attitude that, hey, I need to help Timothy figure out what it is that he needs in his life and help him get that. So now I become your assistant buyer. I'm helping you shop for what you need in your life. Whether that's with me or someone else doesn't make any difference to me because I'm the first one to tell you, if you don't need what I've got, I'm going to be the one that tells you what I'm doing is not what, what you need right now. Let me connect you with someone who can help you with that. Okay? But because of that, I am now your partner. I am your assistant buyer. Who do you go shopping with? Assistant your buyer. friends. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your friends. 
right? So do you see how just that little change in attitude, that little tiny piece totally changes the game for sales yeah. of being the friend versus the adversary? Yeah, no, I completely agree. And I think, you know, you always hear that phrase, people, um, all else being equal, people do business with those that they know, like, and trust. I'm pretty sure that's the saying. Um, that's the saying. And can I tell you that that's a lie? Really? Yes. Have you ever bought anything from somebody that you did not know? Uh, I mean, I buy from Amazon. Uh, <laughs> Exactly. We go to Walmart, we go to Sears, we go to the Food Lion. We're, we we buy all the time from people that we don't know. Yeah. Have you ever run across something that was a super, super, super good deal? And even though you didn't like the person, it was such a good deal that you bought it anyway? Yes. Yes. Guess who you don't buy from? The people you don't trust. So I always amend that statement. It's not that we do business who, with who we know, like, and trust. It's the people that we trust. Because we trust them, we also know them and like them. Yep. But the trust is the important factor. Yeah, I agree. I think that's, I think that's factual for sure. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> People always talk to me and go, wow, I never thought about things like that. <laughs> Awesome. Well, if there were one or two people that you could meet right now, this could be a specific person or a type of person, and it would help you take the next step towards really creating that world where people spend their life in freedom. Who would they be and how would they help you? Tony Robbins, for sure. He is such a powerhouse of transformation. You know, people think of Tony Robbins as a motivational speaker, and he's not. He is a transformational speaker. And there is a huge difference between, first of all, you know, the term motivational speaker is kind of funny because you can't motivate another human being. Motivation comes from within. You can inspire them, but you cannot motivate them. We only motivate ourselves. We might become motivated because of someone else's inspiration. Yep. But what Tony does is different. Tony helps you look inside of you and find out where the emotional blocks are. That's what transformation is all about. It's about seeing what is there and figuring out, okay, this is where I am. How do I take the next step? And that's that's what I know that, you know, that he would do for me because that's what he's done for millions of people is he helps them look inside themselves and take the next step. And that's all we really need to worry about. So many times we get worried about what's going to be 15 steps down the road. You know what? I, I can't worry about 15 steps down the road. I just need to know the next step. You know, I'm sort of like the uh, this old joke about this farmer who didn't want all the land. He just wanted the land that was next to his. You know, <laughs> that's kind of how I am about growth. I don't want all the growth. I just want the next step. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> That's a good focus because a lot of people get uh, paralyzed when they look 15 steps down the road. Yes. Yes. Paralysis by analysis. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. And, and they look at, well, you know, five years from now, I need to do so and so and so and so. And I don't know how to do that. So they don't start. 
-hmm. not realizing that if you take the next step and the next step and the next step and the next step, when you get to that, to that thing five years from now, you will know how to do it. Yep. We can't, you know, having vision is wonderful. It tells us where we want to go as long as we don't allow that to paralyze us. We have long range vision, next step focus. I love it. If that makes any sense. Long range vision, next step focus. Makes perfect sense to me. Makes perfect sense to me. Okay. Now, I will say some people, they'll have like long range vision, but then next step focus, but then their next step is really like 10 steps. So what would you say to us about practically like focusing on that very next step, like that small movement, that one inch forward, as opposed to that one leap forward? That is a wonderful question. So let me tell you how I do my goal setting. And it, that is kind of the best way that I know to illustrate it. I sit down, um, you know, I sat down beginning of this year and I set out my five-year plan. And then I said, okay, in order for me to be there at the end of five years, what, where do I need to be at the end of this year? Okay. Okay. Where do I need to be at the end of this quarter? You know, I step it back. And then when I get to the quarters, I break it down into, okay, what do I need to have done in the next month? And then once I get it to a month, I do this worksheet, which literally just breaks it down into week by week. And now I have a roadmap of the next step. I know that these are the things that I need to get done this week. So I have to say, okay, um, you know, one of my tasks for this week was complete reading a book. Okay, well, in order for me to do that, I need to know how many pages are in the book. Okay, well, I need to read 28 pages today. So it breaks it down for me into manageable not only is it manageable steps but it guarantees the outcome yep yeah so you know that's that's what i would recommend is take the take the five and break it down break it down into to steps so tiny that you can't miss them because if i said to you timothy i want you to write a book by the end of the year your mind goes ah <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what I would write about and I don't know how to do it. But if I said to you, okay, by the end of this week, Timothy, I want you to come up with five possible topics that you could write a book about. That's a manageable chunk. Oh yeah. So that's, that's what my recommendation always is to keep people focused on the next step is figure out what the long-term is and then back it down to its simplest components. What actionable step can I make today to move me towards that goal? I love that. And that clarity um, allows for speed of movement. Yes. And, and uh, what you find when you do it, and I do it to myself all the time, I sit down and I write all this down and I start writing my daily goals and I'm finished with everything that I thought was my weekly project. I'm finished with it in three days. So now I'm moving on to next month, next week's stuff this week so yep. that it allows me, if you had said to me, you know, to be at, 
at this goal at the end of the year, you would have to do this, 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 and this. I would be like, there's no way I can get that done. But because I stepped it down into tiny steps, it was so manageable that it allowed me to accelerate the process because it's like, oh, well, I just have to read 28 pages today. Oh, well, you know, that's, that's not a big deal. Yep. You know? So yeah, it, it is, it is super empowering to have long range vision and short term focus. There we go. There we it go. It will walk you to wherever it is you want to go in life. I love it. Well, awesome. Let's jump into our thriving three now. First question right. is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. My favorite book is a book by Sidney Sheldon called If Tomorrow Comes. Not one that most people are probably aware of, um, but I loved it because it was about a woman who was falsely imprisoned. She got out. She is trying to get back to life and she couldn't because everybody was holding her past against her. And she became, and not that I'm recommending this, but uh, you know, just she became the greatest con artist. She was pulling things off. Like she simultaneously played the two greatest chess players in the world and bet that she could play both of them to at least a drop. Wow. You know how she did it? I No, I have no clue. She was genius. She had one in one room where she was white and one in the other room where she was black. And nobody could travel between the two rooms but her. <laughs> so she went in the room where she was black first. She let the white guy move. She goes back and makes the exact same move. So in essence, they were playing each other. That is so genius. And I'm like, holy cow. But the whole book is all of these things. And you're just so rooting for her because you know where she came from. She was falsely accused. And it's just this battle for her of overcoming all these challenges that get, keep getting thrown at her and she just won't give up. And as a result of not giving up, she ended up being very, very wealthy because, you know, well, she was making lots of money pulling all these cons on people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's a fabulous book. I love it. So, is that a fiction novel? It is. Gotcha. It is. Gotcha. That's awesome. Well, what is one way you like to take care of yourself? Travel. It is my joy. It is my peace. It is my self-care. It is where I go and unplug from the world. Now, I travel sometimes, you know, land packages and whatever, but most of what I do is cruising. And it makes me laugh because I get on the ship and I see all these people hooking up to the internet. And that is the one thing that I will not allow on a ship. When I am on the ocean, that time is mine. Nobody gets to tell me about anything. Nobody, they're like, well, what if something happens in your family? What am I going to do? I'm floating around in the middle of the ocean. I, I can't do anything. Yeah. You know, so I, I just disconnect from the world and I give myself that time to do nothing but please myself. Mm. That's my selfish time. And I have figured out that being selfish for a few days gives me so it fills my soul 
so that I am able to go out and give to everybody else. Because when I didn't do that, the well ran dry and I became bitter and angry about little things in life that amounted to a hill of beans, you know, waiting in line at, at Walmart, you know, it would drive me crazy. And now doesn't bother me. You know what? So what? Okay. I'll stand in line and read a book or talk to somebody. Heaven forbid we talk to strangers, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. So yeah, the travel is my, is my self-care. That's how I take care of me. Yeah. I love that. You know, it's funny. I genuinely think it's selfish not to have that selfish time. Oh, yes. Because like you were just saying, you're a really irritated person. You couldn't add as much value to people. Um, but also, like, if you think about why you're not taking that time for yourself, it's really because you're out, like, people-pleasing or trying to, like, live somebody else's life. And that is solely protecting your ego. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is all about you. When you, you know, when you are people pleasing, that is all about how do I feel better about myself? And so, yeah, you're right. It is selfish not to do self-care, not to um, take care. Well, you know, I mean, you think about it. When you get on an airplane, what do they say? You're traveling with a towel, put their oxygen mask on first. I put your oxygen mask on first and then you help the child Yeah. because if you're not there, if you're not healthy, you, you're not going to be able to help them anyway. Exactly. You know? so, yeah. I, I love that. I love, I love that you ask about self-care because it's not a question that I am often asked on podcasts. And I think it's a really, really important question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. <laughs> Um, what is one action step that you can take right now or continue to take if you're already doing it to either meet Tony Robbins or continue to, um, create a world where people can live in freedom? Um, to meet Tony Robbins would be to go to the seminar this weekend. However, I had prior engagements, so I did not get the opportunity to do that. Um, because I am. I am a stickler for if I make a commitment to somebody, I'm going to keep it no matter what. So even though it's costing me the opportunity to meet with him, I'm, I'm happily giving that up to meet one of my prior commitments. Um, as far as to create that, that world of joy and love, for me, it is simply doing things exactly like this. It is getting out on podcasts. It is... Um, Posting on, you know, Facebook lives or doing free workshops or, you know, whatever it is that I can do to allow people to see just a little bit further down the road, you know, and that's really all it takes is showing somebody just a glimpse of what can be to make them realize and share a little story with you. Um, the leadership class that I went to, my best friend, it's kind of a negative Nelly, you know, or she was. And I kept talking to her and talking to her and talking to her about going to this course. And she kept coming up with 750 excuses. And I'm like, I'm not quitting. You get to do this for yourself. So, you know, however long it takes, you get to do this. 
And so I finally convinced her. She starts in March. But just knowing that she's going to get this transformational experience that I went through, all of a sudden her language has changed. She hasn't even talked to anybody from there yet. But we came back from the cruise. She went on the cruise with me and we came back and two days later she had, you know, a rough day. She, you know, she got a ticket and she called me and she said, um, well, I just want you to know that, you know, I've had kind of a rough day and this happened and this happened and this happened and this happened and then this fell apart. And I said, okay. And she said, but you know what? It doesn't matter because this is a, a three month course. She said, but it doesn't matter because three months from now, none of this is going to matter. This from somebody who would tell me every negative thing there was in the universe and oh, woe is me and life as I know it is going to end. Just the glimmer of hope that she was going to get to experience something else, totally changed everything before she ever experienced the change. So yeah, that's, that's why I do things like this. Because my hope is that I say one tiny thing tonight that is going to make a difference to somebody that they can say, yeah, I can have some. And I would also, I would love to offer um, all of your listeners the opportunity to, I am more than happy to give a free 30 minute consultation to all of your listeners. Um, You can find me at superiorperformancecoaching.biz. Um, or Sarah at superiorperformancecoaching.biz is my email address. And all you got to do is email me and I am more than happy to set aside 30 minutes to sit down and talk with you about what your dreams and goals are and give you whatever feedback I can give you to help point you in the right direction. There we go. Well, we have one last question for you. You ready for it? Okay. Yep. I have a feeling you're probably just going to be repeating yourself because I'm sure you've touched on it. But uh, you know how there are people on the planet that have that really fixed mindset, willing to not willing to accept help, not willing to accept change. Sometimes they'll live their whole life like that. Sometimes they'll die like that, unfortunately. Other times they'll make the switch to more of that growth mindset, willing to accept help and willing to accept change. In your opinion, what is the catalyst that causes that change? Pain. Very simple. Um, We only make changes for two reasons in our life. One is to gain pleasure. The other is to avoid pain. Of the two, pain is much more powerful. Much more powerful. We will do much more to avoid pain than we ever will do to gain pleasure. And when we get to the point where What I am doing is so painful that I cannot continue to do it. That's when when the light comes on. For me, I smoked for 30 years. I guess it was 30 years. I tried everything under the sun to quit smoking. I tried patches. I tried gum. I tried, you know, you name it. I tried. None of it worked. And then I went to have some bariatric surgery. I have lost 100 and... 70 pounds. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, But my surgeon told me, I will not do this surgery if you smoke. I will not save your life in one way 
so that you can go kill yourself in another. My requirement is that the day you come in from surgery, I will give you a nicotine test. If you have had nicotine in the last 30 days in your system, I will send you back home and I will not do your surgery. The pain of not being able to go through that surgery was so intense that it caused me to change. And I quit smoking and I've never gone back and I've never had any desire to go back. But it took that catalyst of being at a point of such pain that I was willing to do something different. Mm. And so, you know, sometimes even me in, in the sales process, you know, sometimes what I have to do to get people to realize where they're at is I have to take them into that pain. I have to say to them, what is your life going to look like a year from now if you continue down the road that you're on? And I have to let them dig it out and get to that pain to understand that, oh, if I keep doing what I've always done, I'm going to keep on getting what I've always got. And I need something more. I want something more. I want freedom. I want to be in control of my life. I am tired of somebody else pushing the buttons and pulling the strings. Yeah. And that is what helps them to make the transition, whether it's to work with me or work with someone else I know or whatever. Um, my, some of my, some of my co courts um, laugh at me. They're like, you sell my stuff more than I do because you will take them to the pain for me. And I said, yeah, because I'm not doing it for me and I'm not doing it for you. I'm doing it for that person that I know needs to change. And I will do whatever I have to do to help them to understand you cannot stay where you are. And I don't care what happens. The grass is always greener than sitting on the fence. I don't care which side of the fence you go on. Sitting on the fence is never going to have the greenest grass. So pick a side and go with it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I think you kind of answered my question, but I think I'll follow up just so we can highlight this aspect of what you just said. People change by either avoiding pain or gaining pleasure and avoiding pain is the greatest motivator. Um, but ideally, we want people's lives to become better without them experiencing drastic life altering events such as death or sickness or disease. And so how would you, how do you think we can kind of um, have people quasi experience that pain to the point where they'll change without having a family member die? or getting in a fatal car accident or something like that? Beautiful question. You just hit the crux of my sales coaching. That is what I teach people to do. I teach them to ask questions in such a way that you're going to emotionally experience that without physically experiencing it. That you will understand that if I continue on the path that I'm on, this is where I'm going to be. Is this how I want to feel? And if the answer is no, then we need to look at alternatives. It doesn't matter which alternative you pick, but I can guarantee you what the alternative is going to be if you, if you continue down the path that you're on. Yeah. So it, it is questions are always the answer. Always. <laughs> 
give. I was talking with a lady today. I was doing a workshop and she said, well, yeah, you know, I, I tell them this and tell them that. And they just don't understand, you know, they're just not listening. I said, we just found out where your, where your challenge lies. She said, what? I said, did you hear what you said? They're not listening. Guess who's supposed to be doing the listening? You are. About them, remember? And she was like, holy cow. And it was like she, and, and I saw the lights flash in her eyes like she just figured out everything she needed to know based on the prior conversation we had because she learned that questions are always the answer. Yeah. I love it. How do we ask great questions? How do we ask great questions? Well, we have to know a lot about the person. It really becomes being invested in the person and finding out about them, having real curiosity, not the surface. Okay. Yeah. Let me check off on my list here. Okay. What do you do for a living? Okay. How many kids do you That's not the kind of question. It's got to be the real curious. Um, tell me how that makes you feel. You know, you told me that you got laid off last year. How does that make you feel? How do you feel about that? How did it, how did it impact your life? Did it impact your relationships? It's about true curiosity about another human being. And there is, you know, there's, a way to do it, you know, most people don't do it because they feel like they're being invasive. Oh, I would never want to ask that question. But let me ask you a question, Timothy. Why did you start this podcast? I mean, I started it because, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was miserable <laughs> and I was like, there's nothing. I'm not doing anything that I love to do. And I pinpoint what I love to do and start the podcast because it was focused on that. Awesome. Awesome. And how does it make you feel now to, to be sharing with people on a weekly basis? It makes me feel fantastic. I love it. And I love when people hit me up and are like, yo, that podcast impacted me. Yeah. Yeah. So do you have plans to expand this in the future? Is it just something that you're going to do for a while or are you planning on growing it nationwide or what, what, what's your yeah, ideas about that? Definitely growing it nationwide. I don't really see myself ever stopping it. Like I don't see an endpoint to it. Very cool. Now, do you plan to um, like create a model for others to go by from it or is it something that you just want to keep for yourself? I think I will expand to a model of, um, Maybe not a model of like starting a podcast, but a model around living your dreams, like a whole. Yeah. That's what I love to help people do. Yeah, yeah. And and what do you think that you're going to feel like when you look out and realize that you've changed the lives of five million people because of your dream? <laughs> I'm going to feel, if you can't tell by the smile on my face, fantastic. <laughs> okay. And I did this exercise to show you exactly why asking those questions is an intrusive. Did you feel like I was being intrusive? No. No. I love you felt like I was being, <laughs> yeah. It's everybody's favorite subject. Yeah. You know, and it is somebody actually cares. They care what happens to me. They care how I feel. 
and there's no better feeling out there. Yeah. So that's that's the key to to asking good questions is learning. You know, if I just get genuinely curious about another human being and how their life and the lives of other people are impacted, I'm I, it's going to naturally lead me to, to discover things. If I were trying to make a sale at that point. Okay, let's say that I set up, uh, I don't know, systems. Do you see how easy it would have been for me to walk into that with you? Oh, yeah. Because you shared with me, okay, I want to create a brand around this. I want to, you know, I want to help other people do this. And if I said to you, well, you know, we have some, some systems that would allow you to do this, this, and this. And that's not how I would do it, by the way. It would be, there would, there's a whole nother process involved there. But I just walked you to your own drink simply by asking you questions about yourself. Yeah. So, you know, that is sales is, again, it's about being genuinely curious about another human being, asking them the questions that are going to help them to figure out what they want in life. And I find it amazing that oftentimes when I get into a questioning conversation, a discovery call with somebody, what they thought they wanted wasn't what they wanted at all. We uncover and they're like, oh, you know, I never thought about that, but oh my God, I would so love doing that. You know, that's what my coach did to me. That's how I ended up being a sales coach. I was doing selling health insurance. She said, is this what you want to do with your life? I said, no, I never went to the booth on career day that says I want to grow up and be a health insurance agent. No, it's not. Yeah. And she said, what do you love to do? And we got into this conversation about the fact that I love teaching and I love sales. And if you would have asked me before, what, what did I want to do? A sales coaching would never have come up. But because she was skilled at enrolling me in my own dream. It wasn't about her enrolling me in my own dream. It opened the door for me. It was a door of self-discovery that I was like, oh my God, I think I would love that. So then I did a test run. I'm like, let me try this on you. And when I finished, I found out that I had more energy than when I started. And I'm like, this is it. This is it. This is what I've been looking for my whole life, but I didn't realize I needed it yep. until I got in the hands of a skill.